And it, there we go. Boom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, get ready for an episode that combines glitz, glamour, and shrewd business insights. Stay tuned for this captivating conversation with the woman who turns parties into profits. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Boss! All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to party with a twist of entrepreneurship. Today, we're thrilled to become uh, to welcome the brains behind the party goddess, a name synonymous with extravagant events, celebrity soirees, and savvy business strategy. From a Hollywood A-lister to a Fortune 500 company, she has orchestrated them all. But what sets her apart is not just her knack for throwing unforgettable parties, but her talent for turning celebrations into thriving businesses. So whether you're an inspiring event planner, an entrepreneur in the making, or just love uh, a good behind-the-scenes Hollywood scoop, stay tuned because in this episode, you get that backstage pass. We're about to uncover the secrets of your star-studded journey and how you've managed to make the party goddess a household name. Let's welcome to the show, Miss Marley Masher. Love that. Welcome to the show, Marley. That's awesome. Every day is a party in the classroom. If I don't get the kids' energies up, then it's going to be so tiresome to come to work every day. So we got to have fun. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, let's start off with the first uh, and most obvious question. Everybody who comes on the show is promoting something. They were selling some sort of product or service. What is it that you do for a living? I am a celebrity event planner and uh, my company is called The Party Goddess. And two things, if you would follow me on Instagram, that would be a great way to uh, promote everything because then that kind of sells it all. But that's at The Party Goddess. And then the second thing is if you're in business and you want some tips and tricks, of course, you can get my book on Amazon or go to mini.theprofitgoddess.com where I give you a free little video series to make sure your business is more profitable. You throw parties for a living. You get to hang out with celebrities. You get to talk to people on a regular basis. But everybody wants to have a party. Everyone wants to have a good time. And everyone wants to attend a good party. Who's your target audience? Who are you specifically going after? So these days, my target audience is um, women who are married between the ages of 40 to 55. I know that sounds kind of weird, but I can explain it. Um, with disposable, uh, a large amount of disposable income, six figures plus. They've got kids in private schools. Uh, the kids are older than seven. They've been, as I say, they've been married for a while. They're very involved in charities. And the reason that I'm so specific with my target audience is because what I found is that that target audience understands that things cost more. They are, oh, they have a college degree. They are probably are fairly well-traveled. And the other reason that that's important to my target audience, to be part of my target audience is because they have 
traveled. They know what good food is. They know what a good time is. They know that it is expensive to do things properly and to have the, the proper level of service. And they also are, they're kind of out in the world, but their kids are not too young. The, the key thing that we changed as far as our target audience was when, when moms have kids that are too young, they it's all consuming, right? When you've got a two-year-old or a four-year-old, it's way different than if you've got a child who now is already in second or third grade, you can focus a little bit more. Plus, they are a little bit more focused on keeping up with the Joneses. And so this is, you're really getting the backstory, but that's what drives our business is, is people who want to be competitive. Now, are men my target audience? I mean, of course, we, but usually the one who places the call uh, as far as a social client or a wedding is the mom. And then for corporate, for the most part, it is still usually a woman who's the executive assistant or something who's going through the internet and who sees our website and is like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to call her. She'd be fun to work with because they're going to be my point person. So as you're describing that, I'm thinking of the shows my wife watches and I'm thinking housewives of whatever. It doesn't matter that's where cool. you're at. That's kind of the demographic that popped into my head. <laughs> Did I hit it? But right, because they're they they have a high amount of disposable income, but their kid the reason I say their kids are in private school is because they've got a mortgage, they've they they have already figured out how to put the kids in private school. They're not like at the point where they're struggling, going, Oh my gosh, can I can I pay for this? Or, you know, I hate to say it, but they're the candidates for plastic surgery. They're the ones who are gonna buy the two hundred dollar face cream because as far as they're concerned. They've gotten the kids to a certain point. Now it's kind of about them. It's like the second act a bit. And the older the kids get, the more comfortable in their skin they are, then the more they appreciate somebody like me who is in their same zone and can understand like, yeah, you want to knock it out of the park because everybody's so busy. You don't do this every day. You know, you don't have one of these parties. This is not like having a keg party. Um, mm -hmm. You do this, you know, once every couple of years or for, for big occasions and those are the clients I want to work with. I want I want big scope events that are complicated, that are very different, that feel very different with clients who appreciate the price and are willing to pay for it. I got I got kids in here that I'm sure their eyes are lighting up. Like I want to be a party planner. I want to do parties for a living. What kind of schooling do I have to go to? Where did where is that in the college career path? What was your educational journey like to get to where you are today? Well, that's it. So those are kind of two different, two di have two different answers. I went to Georgetown, which is not the school that you would uh, think that most people would go to for party planning. But I was in, I was in business. I was in the marketing. Um, I got a marketing degree. And so that's a very long story about how I interviewed a chef and met him and decided to go into the restaurant business. And, you know, then the rest kind of became history. But if you want to go, I mean, I highly recommend if, if it's something that you're passionate about, you go into hospitality, you know, there are hospitality schools, amazing ones. I mean, there's Cornell, there's, there are all kinds these days. Um, but for those who get a liberal arts degree or those who are just in business or, or even, you know, who study languages, it doesn't matter. The, the key traits of a good event planner are that you are very organized. You are amazing at follow through. I cannot tell you it is all follow through. Like I was listening to one of your other podcasts about the guy with the, the yes mail and mm -hmm. he's talking about this, the sales cycle of like, from the time you, you, you talk to the customer till 
it is all follow-up, whether it's with the customer, whether it's with the vendors, that makes all the difference in the world. So you, and you also, if depending on what kind of event planning company you want, like for, for mine, I need to be able to spot trends, right? I need to be able to spot trends and communicate to my audience that I can implement them into their parties. I need to be able to get them excited kind of on a dime, like like you do with your target audience that I, they're 17 year olds that I would never be able to, to inspire. But it, it's, you have to have, what do I, you have to just be, you have to be very on it, very detail oriented, very quick thinking. You have to be a natural problem solver because I cannot tell you how many times, you know, the power goes out or the, you, you're worried about the power is going to going, go out. You have a backup generator. You have, I mean, there, you always have to have a plan A, B and C got to be very good at delegating, very good at kind of the big picture and then getting others to focus on the minutiae so you can focus on the big picture. So educationally, you can, you know, I just say get an education. That's the most important thing. And then you you can learn, you can learn the rest of it. I mean, anybody can learn how to, to, to create a good rental order. And these days with, with AI and, you know, so many tools and stuff online, it's so much easier. But you've got to have those inherent de attention to detail, orientation, follow through those key pieces. There's so many people who uh, this go to school, especially uh, in the marketing space, get the education when it comes to marketing. But then when it comes to starting a business, right. this is where the hurdles kind of pop in. And all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be wearing a marketing hat and an accountant hat and this other hat. Like running a business is a whole different animal. How did you decide to get started as an entrepreneur and rather than working for an event planner, become one yourself? Well, for me, it's very simple because I would be fired. I mean, I'm, I'm unhireable basically. Um, I have a very strong will. I, I'm like the classic entrepreneur. I mean, textbook, I have horrible ADHD. I have, um, you know, big dreams, big goals. I'm a go-getter. I never stop until I get them. You know, I'm willing to course correct. I just am never going to give up to a certain extent. I'm a team player, like, but I would say I'm better at rallying the team versus being one of the team. So I'm definitely a leader, not a follower, because from my perspective, I, I can, and maybe this is part of the problem solving piece that makes me good at my job, but I'm able to cut through and be like, this is a, this is a more systematic approach. This will be more efficient. This would be more um, effective. So I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you started something because you found that there was not going to be a solution out there that met who you were. You kind of had this in right? In my mind. Yeah. In my mind, I could do it better. And I wanted to be rewarded for the effort that I was putting in and creating this unique brand and all that. Like, I love the part of, of the beginning of your podcast where you're like, it can give like a business can give you everything in the world. And it can also take it away. And I've been in that zone as well. So you have to be a, you have to be a natural risk taker, I think. I think like the, the certain things that light you up have to be, those are the things that light me up. I mean, I'm the most, comp I'm, I'm competitive with myself, right? If, I'm, mm -hmm. if I make three sales calls yesterday, well, today I'm going to make four an hour. I'm going to, it's just that natural inclination to just like want to go in and, and do something better, bigger, greater than what already exists. And now, I'm 
and, and you're unhirable. Now, okay, so you started, you you got into business for yourself, and like you said, sometimes you do great things, and then you've been in a position where you've like struggled with this thing. What were some of those mistakes you made as an entrepreneur, and how did they kind of shape where you are today? Well, I, I think the biggest misconception of of entrepreneurship or quote successful entrepreneurs is that it's a relative that it's like a nice incline. It is anything but. Um, it is like there's a you guys should Google this this old game called shoots and ladders, which was, you know, before everything was on the phones, you'd go like this. And then the next thing you know, you'd get this like little ticket that would say you're back down here. And then you'd climb a little bit on this little path and then you'd be like, you're down here. And it would be like you so quickly just about to win the game, get to the apex. And then it's like and it's it, that's really entrepreneurship, right? Like you think you've got it, you're crushing it. You finally have your target audience. You finally have your systems. You have a great assistant. And then all of a sudden they go and get married and get pregnant and don't want to work anymore. You get sued or somebody really mm -hmm. exploits a, a, something that was not in your contract. Or when I say the detail orientation, somebody didn't hyper, you didn't confirm that, you know, this contract got signed and countersigned and, and all those things. And so for me, um, I mean, I went on to write a business book about my own problems because I had so many of them. And in, in my first business, when I was in the restaurant business, I set a goal. That's what you do at Georgetown. You have goals and metrics and all these things you're after. And mine was to do a million dollars in sales. Well, awesome. I did that. But heads up, if you don't take your revenue goal and your profit goal and put them together, it doesn't matter if you do a million dollars in sales. If you spend 1.1, you, you have a yeah. problem. You'd be much better doing 500,000 in sales and making 10,000, you know? So it's, it's just, it's a matter of though, the faster you can figure out where you went wrong and course correcting. And, and Michael Gerber does a fabulous job talking about I mean, anybody who wants to go into business, I suggest they read E-Myth Revisited because he does a fabulous job of talking about working on your business versus in it. And the big mistake that entrepreneurs make over and over is we get so consumed with the doing of our business, right? Where I'm planning the event, I'm checking the rental order, I'm servicing this current client. So all the calls that come in, I don't think of it like a sales funnel. I mean, I do now, but... Um, you, you, you kind of put blinders on to focus on what you're doing right now. And you forget that you have to be able to do this right now and service this client. You also have to be doing all those other steps so that when this project is done, you've got money and, and, and revenue coming in. And that takes the scheduled time to work on your business where you, you step back and you're like, okay, I'm not doing anything related to what my current jobs are, but what are my, what are, how are my numbers going on Instagram? How are, you know, how's my engagement? How, like whatever your KPIs or key performance indicators are that you are watching those and you are course correcting. And most entrepreneurs, you're just too busy. You don't, you don't even, you're like, Whoa, I don't even know where to focus, let alone like take the time to not work in my business, but, but that's the most crucial part. You'll just dig yourself a hole faster and faster. And I've dug so many holes. I might as well be a groundhog that, or warthog. Whatever. 
that's where the ADHD kicks in, right? Like you're you're going from one problem to the next problem, next problem. You're forgetting to standardize these procedures. You're forgetting to track what you're doing. You're forgetting Absolutely. to even set KPIs, right? KPIs. Right. I don't even have any. What are those? But, but yeah. that's what ends up happening. So you yeah. you don't do those things and you don't adjust. You don't course correct. But with right. so much involved as an entrepreneur. What advice would you give somebody who's getting started today? Who's thinking about, look, I'm going to take this risk. I'm going to do it. I got everything I need. They're just not aware of what's going on or what the ups and downs are going to be. What advice would you give them after? First of all, buy my book, (laughs) but (laughs) only because you get a realistic, like, it's just not all rosy. So for, for, but, but down to brass tacks, what I would do is most of the time we build a business based on ourselves instead of based on the customer. It has to be based on the customer. It, it doesn't matter what you're good at. It does, of course, to a certain extent, but it matters what does the market need, right? Does the market need another fill in the blank? Um, what, what are the, you know, what are people searching on Google? What are they after? What are, what are the questions they're asking on Instagram? Where are they stuck? My dad used to always say, find a hole and fill it. That's what we've got to do is, is start it that way with the problem that they're experiencing and then solve it and solve and get learn how to solve it and then replicate the solution. Like you've talked about that so many times on, on so many podcasts about how you know those standard operating procedures or whatever, but it's solving the problem for your customer and being the best person at solving it and and being paying very close attention early on to what kind of what I call an acid test is, you know, toss it out there before you spend tons of money building the app. Before you spend tons of money creating something that you're not sure it's going to work, acid test it, right? Like just put it out there. Does, do people want it? Are they gravitating towards it? Because I can't tell you how many times I think this is the greatest part of my business. They're going to want to buy this product or service. And here they are over here. I'm like, oh my God, that is so, why would you want? Mm. You just get over it. And then you've got to track your time because if you track your time, as soon as you get into trouble in business, which you will, you've got to assume you're going to fail, is when you get into to trouble, when you can look at how you were spending your time, that's where all the magic lies. Somebody shows me how they spend their time. I can, they can just show me like, hey, listen, you know, here's, here's how I spent my last week. And I can tell them exactly what their problems are in their business without them ever telling me a word because it's. what you spend your time on is what is going successfully in your business. And you have to just keep tweaking things. But that's the thing is you've got to just be constantly working on it. Like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm getting these results. Now what? But the biggest piece is starting it, starting the business or providing the service based on what the market is already craving. It is so much easier than trying to, push your version of something onto people. Then the education has to kick in. That's a whole different marketing space when you have to educate the public that doesn't know about what it is that you're even trying to offer. And and first to market, and a lot of times we position our businesses as first to market because it's we're presenting this in a totally different way, is the most expensive way to start a business. First to market, the, the apples of the world, think of how much, or the people that sold the first car versus the horse. I love that. One of your guests said that in one of your podcasts. Think about how much you have to explain why you want a car instead of a horse and you don't have to feed it and you don't have to, but you've got all these people going, huh? I don't, I don't get it. You're just pouring money 
into a hole. Whereas if you've got, if people have a need that they need, that they are desperate to be, to get fixed, you don't even really have to do any marketing. The, the marketing will be done for you. They'll be like, it's like a handyman. I think everybody should just go in at like, when in doubt, just know how to be a handyman. Because I swear to you, if you know how to be a handyman for the rest of your life, you will always have money because there's always stuff broken. And the handyman are the most like, sorry, unreliable lame people in general. And so I'm just like, oh my God, if you just know how to fix stuff ever, you will never, a handyman will be booked forever. Cause we're all like, wait, who do you use? Who do you, oh my blah, 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 blah. That does the marketing. The handyman doesn't need a website. It's because every mom or every business down thing's like, oh my God, you need my guy. You know? And then yep. you don't want to give him up yep. because he's it markets, it markets itself. So, exactly. okay, you have the blue ocean. You have you have a customer base that has a problem that needs to be solved. And you, yeah. I, I like what you said where you get good at solving the one problem. You get really yeah. good at that thing. Then your business can kind of expand from there. Right. Uh, what right. is it that you are known for that you do best? You're The reason why they call you for their party uh, handyman projects to get things done, what are you known for? Well, we're known for creating the experience so that when the guests walk in and I don't care if they're 75 years old, I don't care if they are the most uptight corporate executive. I don't care if they are the most, you know, non-social media, supposedly boring person on the planet. We're known for you walk into that party and you are like, Oh my gosh. And you leave saying I had the greatest time ever at the time. They didn't even know why it was the greatest time ever. They just know that, we created the experience. How do we do that? We have multi layers of entertainment going throughout, right? We have the food could be experiential. We have like great music and we, we, or, or sound effects or something. And we're kind of changing that throughout. So we're, we're creating the mood from the time that the guest walks in, we're curating that experience for them. And then visually we're known for supporting all that with, because we do so much, we build our own props, et cetera, et cetera. And we create those environments. So the person walks in thinking they're just going to another like holiday party and they're like, oh my gosh, the Christmas tree just started talking to me. Like, and it's all those quirky little things that don't make it so much more expensive. It just makes it like, I've never been anywhere where a Christmas tree moved and talked. Okay. I don't know why that was so great, but it's just like the gawk factor. So I think that's yeah. almost what I would say we'd be known for. So that people just walk out of there and go, that was the greatest freaking party I've ever been to. And by the way, it doesn't need to be like, because it was black tie. It just is like, that was just insane. Because there were so many little pop-up moments. You, you help them kind of experience something different. It's like when you walk into Disneyland, right? Like all of a sudden, you know, you've transformed. You, you took a couple steps through a gate, but exactly. you walk into something completely different. And I feel exactly. like that's kind of the experience people have when they go to one of your parties. It's like why it's like putting on a virtual reality headset, right? You you go into my world. It's a very simple step. You go from here across the threshold, and then all of a sudden, you are in the world how I see it, and every, your needs are met. And it's your eyes are satisfied and your ear. It's just like everything just kind of comes together. It's like this 3D symphony sort of. So that's what we're known for is that experience where you leave your old world behind and, and 
for the three hours that you're at that party, you forget your mom has cancer. You forget you might be getting divorced next week. You forget. And so to be able to do that and get somebody totally extracted and be like, welcome to my world. That's the mm. magic. That's what we create. That's beautiful. All right. So in business, I feel like everybody's always trying to improve something. There's always a way that you can get better. Uh, and like you said, it's being able to work in your business versus uh, versus on your business. What is it that you're working right now to improve upon, to become more efficient, to get better at? We are always, always, always working on our systems. And even though I feel like we do a good job of communicating, I think I always say communication is like oxygen. You, you don't notice it or you don't know you need it until you don't have it. And so I would like to for us to be better about continuously communicating the updates, kind of like when you order a pizza, you know, in the old days, you'd order a pizza and then it'd get delivered to your house, right? Now you have the Domino's tracker. You order the pizza and it's like, love that. got your order. It's in the oven. It's now, should you have to say that? No, but I don't know why, but I refresh my tracker going, it's in the oven, it's out of the oven. <laughs> Joe has picked it up, he's on his way. Like it feels, so I would like to have that level of communication going on in the background so that the customer always feels like they could pull back the curtain and see what's going on because they are spending a lot of money. Yes, we have a good reputation. Yes, they trust us or they wouldn't have hired us in the first place. But I always want them to be able to just take a peek and know that everything's good under the hood while we go through this process. Because I think that's ultimate customer service. At the end of the day, that's exactly what it is. All right. So uh, I, I kind of saved this question towards the end here because I'm sure the kids want to know. Any case studies is usually what I ask entrepreneurs. In your case, I'm going to say, give me a Hollywood story. Who's a celebrity that you worked with? A story that you kind of have where either it went chaotically crazy or amazing uh, and somebody that you wanted to work with for a while. Or both. How about both? And or, so or both. one of them, which is very relevant these days, is Britney Spears. So we did Britney Spears' a birthday party for her boys. And that was, I mean, <laughs> Talk about mind blown. I mean, it takes a lot to blow my mind. And my mind was blown for many reasons. One was the component of how many people are and were involved in her world. And that is huge when you're talking about doing celebrity events, because, because we just think of it normally, if you're doing it, if you're working with a client, right? I want to make that mom who's throwing her husband's birthday party. I want to make her happy and obviously make the husband happy, right? But in this case, you, yes, you're making the client happy, Brittany, but you have to make the sons happy. Okay. That's expected. But her manager and her publicist and her lawyer and her all have very different things that are going to make them happy. And they are as much or more important than the client. And that is a mind blowing to start with. Number two, with the celebrity stuff, Things are changing so quickly. They change their minds so quickly because they can. Uh, they, and, and, you know, most people be like, oh my God, I feel so bad. Like, I know it's next week, but could we switch from like this kind of chicken to that kind of chicken? And you're like, yeah, okay. We're talking, it's the day and a half before. And they're like, I want this. And you're like, 
Okay. Yeah, absolutely. But with Brittany's deal, first of all, there's so many people involved. Second of all, uh, I was in charge of all of that. And I take confidentiality very seriously. And if it's like, if it's on my watch, I'm going to be like the mother hen with it. So we had all the rental orders were in different names, et cetera, et cetera. Well, then day of the event, helicopters are out there circling the whole thing. And I was like, there's no way, like the, the number of people, even in my office that knew who this event was for was so small. And then I realized there's a whole other component to this. Remember when I said that the publicists and all these people have different agendas? Well, it wasn't me that leaked it. Somebody else leaked it, but guess who gets to manage the helicopters and the police and the kids freaking out and the moms of the other kids freaking out because they have not had helicopters descending, you know, on the backyard. And so for me, that's where you just are like, you, you feel like you're playing whack-a-mole. You're like, okay, helicopter handle. Then you're like over here. Okay. More chicken fingers for Brittany. Okay. Like, oh, the lawyer's like, where did they get those little cars that the kids are driving? And you're like, I thought that you approved them. We don't have liability insurance for that. Like, it was like, yeah. So that's the chaos of it. But obviously, I thrive on that because it's like the ultimate problem solving and making people happy. It's like, yes, I did it. I mean, this one happened, this one happened, and it was successful. And that's a win. And at the end of the day, you picked the perfect one because I had a huge crush on Britney Spears when I was in high school. She's very uh, was... cute. And I mean, she's, she's, <laughs> I can see why she's very cute. And I got to tell you, in all these Instagram knife wielding photos and everything she's got going on, I'm like, damn girl, you know, you're not 20 years old and I'd love to know what's going on. What, what kind of workouts you're doing other than knife throwing? Cause freaking hey, man, I don't think it's Ozempic. She's nice and just fit. I'm like, okay, well. Something's happening that's good over there. It's something's going on. I love something's you, Brittany. Still do. All right. Uh, last little thing here uh, as we end the show. I want to make sure that you plug stuff as well. Again, how can people get a hold of you? And what's the vision, the, the future of your company? Where do you see yourself going? The future of the company, that's a, that's okay. Well, first of all, I'll answer the easy one. Just go to Instagram, go to at the party goddess, or if you want business stuff, go to mini.theprofitgoddess.com. And the future, that's a whole other podcast. I am becoming a rancher. Um, so I bought 20 acres of land. I'm developing a whole ancillary business thing based on the worst wool that the sheep produce, because that's a whole industry that is just like we're just throwing away all this stuff and wasting it and i'm solving a very huge problem with it so i've been spending the last almost two years learning how to become a rancher and i'm gonna grow flowers and obviously animals and all that kind of stuff and it's sort of martha stewartish related to the party goddess and i will have much more to share about it but that's what i'm working on in the background in addition to my you know pizza here's your party stuff love it love it well marley thank you very much for coming on the show uh you've literally been able to do all kinds of great stuff uh in the party space and uh i'm excited to see what you got in store here in the very near future uh thank you very much for coming on the show ladies and gentlemen one more time thepartygoddess.com thepartygoddess.com we'll catch you guys on the next episode peace and we're out it's over go home is your business in need of marketing try starting a podcast but not just any podcast, podcasts like a pro. 
we can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today. Business Bros! All right, Marley, thank you very much for being on today. Thank you. That was great. I, and I, I'm really appreciative of what you do with those teenagers. So thank you. You guys don't thank even you. know how lucky you are. I'm just going to tell you. That's You're so lucky. That's what I'm saying. That's You're what so, I'm saying. You have no idea how, what a cool teacher and how much you can learn if you guys are paying attention. So. Thanks, Marley. Uh, in a day or two, you're going to get an email text message from me. It'll have a link so you can download the full audio, full video. And then when I clip stuff, I'll make sure to tag you as well. That is awesome. Thank you. Have a great day, you guys. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.